0: Hello, and welcome to Outnumber the Podcast. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Audrey. And we're homeschooling moms to a combined total of 18 children.
1: We know firsthand that motherhood is full of crazy chaos and overwhelming obligations, but it should also be full of love and laughter.
0: Regardless of where you are on your journey, come join us as we work together to find joy in the chaos of motherhood.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Outnumber the Podcast. Today is episode 22, and we are talking about traveling with kids. Um, The good, the bad, the ugly, right?
0: (laughs) Fun times. We are
1: going to start by reading one of our favorite reviews. Um, This one is by B. Lawrence 08. She says, great podcast. And as I listen to each inspiring episode, I can't help but wonder how these two rock star women find the time to even record this podcast let alone come up with excellent content. (laughs) That's so sweet. (laughs) sweet. Each episode is open and honest and motivating at the same time. It's nice to know that I'm not the only mom who has crazy moments, and I always appreciate the tips and tricks to help find joy in motherhood. Thanks for putting something out there that this mama of six can actually relate to. Thank you so much for that wonderful review. It seriously makes our days when you guys leave a review. So if you haven't done so yet, we would love it. Um, There is uh, instructions on how to do that on our Instagram account if you haven't ever done one. So go check it out.
0: Yeah, because when you leave a review, it helps other people find us in the podcast app because it puts us higher in the ratings.
1: Right. It's not just to like uh, fluff our up ego. our ego. <laughs> <laughs> but it does
0: that too. <laughs> yeah, so
1: thank, so thank you on both accounts. But yeah, no, it really does help get the word out there because we really want to find moms who are struggling and who are looking for a way to enjoy motherhood. So we would love any um, shout outs on social media or any reviews. All right, so that leads us into our humor segment. Um, I, I did want to say that uh, Kim Coffin's story on her guest episode, which was episode number 10, is pretty epic about traveling with kids. Do you remember that one, Audrey? Yes. <laughs> so if you yes, guys yes. haven't listened to that one, go listen to that one. But I will share just a quick one. Um, when I was a teenager, my parents took my brother and I – I can't even remember if any of our other siblings were there. I just remember my brother and I. I'm the oldest, and he's the next one in line um, to San Francisco. And apparently we did something naughty. I can't remember what it was, but we (laughs) lost the privilege of going on a boat out to some little Island. And so we had to stay back in town. I think they just like (laughs) left us in the car. So I mean, we were like 16 or something, so it wasn't a big deal, but we just had to stay behind and be bored while my parents went on this fun trip, day trip. The sad thing was it ended up being a super rocky boat ride and they both, Both basically threw up the entire way there and the entire way back. (laughs) So I just share that as a precursor that we all know traveling with children is tough, whether it's the children themselves being naughty or some other circumstance. (laughs) Let's just preface it with that. There's going to be bodily fluids. There's going to be crying. It's going to end in tears, but hopefully we can have a fun time through it all.
0: (laughs) Oh, definitely. Okay, so travel with kids is inevitable, generally. We're gonna have to go somewhere with our kids who can't stay home forever. But um, we can use certain tools to make it less painful.
1: Yeah, we have basically four topics we're covering today. Number one, how to prepare for a trip, both mentally, emotionally, and physically. <laughs> tips for driving places with your kids, tips for flying with them, and then also managing your expectations. Uh, here here's a here's a hint. Lower them, right? That's our that's our byline. <laughs> Lower your expectations.
0: Yes, always. We need to put that like in our intro or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And don't forget, lower those expectations. (laughs) Uh,
0: Okay, so let's start with preparation. Um, Before you go on the trip, you need to let kids know what sort of behavior is expected while you're on the trip. Because um, if you stay home a lot, like parents with a lot of kids do, or maybe, I don't know, all parents with kids do um, they going out is new and exciting and they get sort of out of control of their emotions and behaviors. So it's good to do a lot of prep be ahead of time. So definitely hype up the positive and the exciting parts of the trip and downplay the negative and remind them that vacation privileges can be taken away for bad behavior. So just like your parents left you. <laughs> Uh, they might not get to go you know if you got a 5 day pass to disneyland they might have to stay home for part of it or, or stay back at the hotel for part of it or something
1: along with that like we've mentioned before just remember to um give consequences that you're willing to follow through with right <laughs> every mother's done that before we are never going on vacation again. You're so naughty. Yeah, well, you probably will. But <laughs> maybe something more manageable like we're not going to go out to ice for ice cream this afternoon if you can't control yourself in this restaurant, et cetera.
0: <laughs> okay. The next um, tip for getting ready is in your planning. So plan kid-friendly stuff and um, don't plan something that your kids just aren't going to be able to do. A hike is not going to be a great activity for a two-year-old and so on. <laughs> you know your kids and what they can do and what they can't do. And then expect the kids to act their worst when they're away from their normal routines and their normal beds and their normal food. I know we talked about that a lot in picky eating. Um, When you travel, they get away from their, no, it wasn't picky eating. It was tantrums. We talked about that in tantrums. When they get away from their normal food and their normal beds and their normal situation, that's when tantrums can come in. So keep that in mind that you don't have to do all the things that your vacation might offer, um, but plan kid-friendly stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I I'll share something there. Uh, we planned a trip to Disneyland several years ago, taking a bunch of little kids. We we planned for three days at the park. Uh, and then we thought maybe if everyone's uh, still up for it, we'll go to the beach on the way home. Well, by day two, by the end of day two, we were wiped. We were so tired. The kids were done. They'd seen most of what they wanted to see. And I thought another day is probably just going to push it. Even though we'd paid for the tickets, we chose to opt out of the park that third day and drove to the beach and had a full day at the beach instead of just a couple hours. And it was probably the best part of the whole trip. In fact, In fact, to my husband's chagrin, the kids were like, Oh, the beach was the best part. He's like, Not the thousand dollar t- tickets to Disneyland. <laughs> Great. Next time we're going to the free beach. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, just to stay flexible in your plans, you know?
0: Yeah. So, when I look about and think about travel, I have two basic problems that come up that I have to plan for. Um, basically, travel is with kids is a problem of confinement because you can't get away from each other if you're in a car or an airplane or train whatever. When you're getting to your destination, it's a confinement problem. So to look at it that way, what can I do to make this confinement easier for my kids? That's that's one thing that um, enters into the equation for me. And then the second thing is, um, for me, travel is we're out and about with nine kids and everybody's looking at us and you know if the kids are having a meltdown or something I have this desire to make a good impression of large families. And sometimes it's okay, you know, for me to express that to my kids. You guys, not a lot of people see families with nine kids all the time and they will, you know, judge nine families by how we behave. But then also what's our tagline Bonnie? Lower your expectations.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. In fact I wanted to share something there. I think that for me personally, and I think a lot of moms do this as well, that my reaction to my kids' naughty behavior when we're out and about is directly correlated to how good I want to want people to view me, right? Yeah. Yes. How how I want to come off to the strangers around me, which is silly because my, clearly my kids matter more to me than some stranger's opinion, right? Yeah. But it's, it can be really embarrassing and really frustrating to have your kids act at their worst- when you're out in front of a whole new audience, right? And I, I like to remind myself and others that there's really two kinds of naughty behaviors that come out of kids, right? One is really, truly bad behavior that is unacceptable in any situation. And number two is just childlike behavior. So yeah. a, a vast majority of what my kids do, do on a day-to-day basis drives me crazy because it's just kids stuff. They jump on the couch <laughs> and they um, they talk too loud and they leave their toys on the floor. Is that innately wrong? No, it's not innately wrong. It will probably destroy my couch and drive me crazy to have their stuff on the floor. But it's not innately wrong. It's just what kids do because they haven't yet learned the social expectations that you sit on a couch and you don't yell in someone's ear and you you know pick up after yourself. So that's a, a really minute, good reminder. <laughs> if you do, you might not stay married for long, just FYI. Um, that's a really good reminder to give yourself and your spouse and the adult traveling with you before you leave to, to remember... To try to only discipline the truly naughty stuff and the childlike stuff, we can just kind of casually remind them, oh, let's be aware of, of what everyone else around us is feeling. If you talk too loud, it's going to be hard for them to rest or whatever, you know. Um, right. But to try not to be so hard on those, those behaviors that just come naturally to them because they're little
0: <laughs> – yeah, and honestly, you know, reminding myself that that's not going to make a very enjoyable vacation for me either if I'm yeah. all uptight and tense about what everybody's thinking about us and then trying to get the kids not to jump on the couch or raise their voice or whatever. You know, that's going to ruin the vacation for me. I'm going to come home and need a vacation from my vacation. Exactly,
1: You're going to need to come home and take a couple of Xanax. That's for sure. i
0: vacations
1: <laughs> like that. So moving on to our second portion is uh, the tips we have to share for driving with your kids. Okay, so I am actually planning a long road trip with my kids in two days. So this is really timely for me as I'm planning (laughs) everything. Uh, We're going to be driving 10 hours, which will probably translate into 13 with all our stops. Um, And the first thing I'm doing is breaking our trip up into manageable manageable portions even before we start going. So generally what I do, and I think most people's default is just to start driving and wait until enough people have to pee and then you stop, right? (laughs) But that's really hard for kids. They don't know what to expect and kids need routine. They need expectation. So what I've decided to do this time is I'm planning out the route ahead of time and choosing what little towns we'll stop in ahead of time. So I will tell them, all right, this is our long stretch. We're going to have to make it three hours. Okay. You guys see the clock. We're going to make it from 11 to two. When this says two o'clock, we're going to stop or, or close, close to it. You're going to have to hold it that long, or you're going to have to be patient that long. We'll stop. We'll get a snack. We'll run around, etc. Um, and I'm hoping that that's going to make things a little bit easier, especially on the little ones that don't, don't have any sense of
0: time. That sounds like a really smart way to do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and when we do stop, uh, there are a couple of things that we always do. Number one, always potty, obviously. And I make a deal with my little ones ahead of time um, that we always go to the bathroom when there's a bathroom available. And this is a really hard thing for kids to understand. They think, no, I go when I have to go. I don't have to go right now. But if you don't <laughs> go right now, you're going to have to go in 20 minutes when we're back on the road. So we usually make a little deal. I have one or two that that are really um, – against this idea. So we'll say, we'll buy a snack if you go potty, you have to go potty. So always a bathroom, always someplace to let them run around. Sometimes it's just a grassy area next to a gas station. I'll say, okay, we're going to run back and forth across this as fast as you can see how many times you can do it, make a little game out of it. And then, uh, even if we don't have to eat, it's fun to just have, buy a little snack. So I'm going to go in and get a bag of pretzels we can share or something to make it exciting to stop. Um,
0: Hey, Bonnie, and then if- I wanted to oh, yeah. I wanted to point out, I added down here, special travel tips for large families. Oh, okay. Good. <clears throat> yep. Cool. Perfect. No, just like keep that. going. Yep.
1: Okay. I also like to possibly make stops happen at meaningful places if time allows. So if you've got a little bit of extra time, maybe you can stop at um, some sort of a landmark or something that won't. We'll make it a little bit interesting for kids. One of my kids' favorite memories is stopping at the Big Dinosaurs between here in California. I don't. We live in Arizona. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that. I don't even know what the stop's called. But if you've driven <laughs> past, you've probably seen it. It's just two giant dinosaurs <laughs> that somebody built, and you can go touch them and take pictures with them. My little boys love that. So something fun. Oh like that. yeah,
0: yeah. We we usually put at least one Cabela's in it as a stop for us because my kids <laughs> love to go. go in and look at all the taxidermy and the fish. That's a that. great
1: idea. Yeah, great idea. Um, I like to limit their entertainment options in the car as well. And the main reason for this is everything you give them will end up on the floor, everything. (laughs) And if they're little, then they're just going to scream about it the whole time. So what we generally do is, um, pack some snacks, either snacks for each row or even individual bags for each kid. Um, and then we have a movie in the car that we usually alternate between watching a movie and then we turn it off for a couple of hours and we'll play like old-fashioned games that we played growing up, like the license plate game or, you know, the alphabet game, you know, where you try yes. to find alphabets on signs, that yes. kind of thing.
0: Everybody or gets put, stuck on Q. Yeah,
1: always. It's always Q or, or X. <laughs> yeah. No, there's yeah. lots of exits. There's lots of X. It's not X, Q. Um, yeah. And then also just qu- quiet time or quiet play time. So sometimes the little ones just need no stimulation to, to fall asleep, you know, or, or rest yes. a little bit. So that's important to have a little bit of quiet time. And I usually just give them one toy one little dinosaur to play with or one little doll or or a drawing pad or a book etc not all the things because they're just going to drop them and cry
0: <laughs> right because then they you know with nine kids they can trade so you know they get tired of their one thing they can switch with somebody yeah, else yeah
1: exactly exactly the other thing that my kids love to do and really helps a road trip is follow along on a map so now that we have phones that do this it's really fun for me that i have my phone on a little magnet dock on my dash So I'll put it on that dock and I'll pull up the maps and I'll say, we're the blue dot and our next stop is the red dot. And they get to follow along in real time, which is really helpful for antsy kids that just want to get out of the car. Um, But you can also give them an old fashioned map. That's pretty fun. Give them a pencil and print out a map and say, see if you can find us. We just passed... Tucson. Can you find Tucson? Where's Tucson? So it's kind of like a little seek and find activity and then they get excited when they see their their current stop coming up.
0: Also cuts down on the, are we there yet?
1: Yes, exactly. Look at the map. Does it look like we're they, We're not there yet? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I also
1: like to, if you have a, a variety of ages in the car, I like to ask for the big kids participation in keeping the younger ones quiet and happy. So this is especially helpful if you're a solo driver, which I will be on this trip. So that's going to be fun. and to have you know even even break them up into buddies kate number one your buddy's number four number two your buddy's number five and um they can just be responsible for making sure that kid's water is filled their snack bag is filled and they're not freaking out too much and then lastly um make sure that there's something for you to listen to so this is especially good take Tip: If you're the solo driver, I love listening to audiobooks in the car. It makes things go super fast. It also makes me unavailable for the yelling. Okay, so kids love to, <laughs> you know, fight or yell about something, and I'll just say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm listening right now. Work it out." Um, and it's probably the reason my husband has always driven on long trips when we go anyplace because he doesn't want to be the snack yeah. path router. <laughs> uh. So I, I love listening to something when I'm in the car.
0: Yeah, you could go back and listen to all our previous episodes. We're getting quite a few now.
1: Yeah, yeah, it would probably take me ten hours. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Oh, you know what's really cute is my ten year old has started discovered our podcast and started listening while she's folding laundry. And so I'm not in there listening with her, but I'll, you know, walk past and I'll hear some of the past stuff from the past episodes. I'm like, Huh, we said some pretty good stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's cute. That's
0: cute. Oh. All right, now we're gonna talk about tips for flying. Number one tip is pack light. You're probably going to be packing kids and their stuff. So how much can you carry? That's how much you should pack.
1: <laughs> right. right. And how much can you carry at a dead run across two terminals?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then there's some special considerations with flying. So you have to anticipate security and other hassles and um, ensure nothing gets lost or left behind through security. But also the first time a kid goes through security, it can be kind of scary for them. Why are these people looking at me? Why is that machine beeping? You know, why, why does he have to go over me with that wand? Why do I have to take my shoes off? You know, so just maybe talk through this, some of that stuff with your kid first so they don't have a meltdown
1: (laughs) through security,
0: which draws attention to you and your family. And then also, um, when you're traveling through an aer- airport, the easiest thing to do is wear the baby. I know that always helps me c- because I feel a little bit um, comforted or a connection that I know at least where one of my kids is because they're strapped to my body. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's at least one you're not going to lose.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, and then uh, you can gate check your luggage and car seats. You don't want to have to try to wrestle kids and all that on the plane too. So that's a good tip. Yeah. Just like driving, you want to keep your entertainment options small. Um, They do, almost all airplanes, all flights do have the um, screens in the seat in front of you now. And so just put on a movie and they can, they can watch it. There is some entertainment options there for them is what I'm saying. But then I have, um, because we don't have a television and we don't have screens or movies regularly at our house. My kids kind of get Sort of tapped out on that, like they couldn't do a six-hour plane ride staring at a screen the whole time. They're just gonna kind of go bonkers. So you do need some other entertainment options, um, but keep them small because again, they're gonna drop them. You're gonna have to go crawling under the seat of the people behind you, <laughs> which, which is which is super fun when you're pregnant. I will mention,
1: uh, <laughs> yeah. the le- you know, like you think you can't bend over in those seats normally. Try a seven-month baby belly, and <laughs> like, sorry that cray- that cran has gone the way of all the earth. Sorry, son, we're not getting it back. <laughs>
0: Excuse me, excuse me, <laughs> pardon <Yeah>. me. <laughs> uh, and then let each child or responsible child who can carry it themselves and keep track of it, um, bring a small bag with snacks and a book. They do have snacks on an airplane, but not never enough when you have kids and not the right kind. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. And yeah. if you can pack them ahead of time, um, because you didn't used to be able to take like a baby bottle through security, but you can now. Um, and they have this special machine that they put it in so that they make sure it's not anything other than (laughs) what
1: should be in a baby bottle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're usually (laughs) really flexible with, they're usually really flexible with,
1: uh, pre-made baby bottles with breast milk and also with snacks for toddlers. Um, so even like a little juice, you can usually, uh, convince them as long as it's unopened to let you through because that's what the baby needs.
0: So that's nice. Oh Yeah. And I was going to go say that going through security with a baby wrapped on you, just a uh, FYI, um, there is a special precaution. They have to, um, a, a, light beam or something. They run over your hands to make sure when you have a baby strapped onto you, they don't make you take the baby off, but they run this over your hands to make sure there's no residue of bomb components on your yeah. hands. <laughs> yeah. It's a real baby in there. Anyway, <laughs> who knew, right? All yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then the last tip um, for taking stuff along is you keep the books and the toys for the younger kids and so nothing gets lost. Um, if they have a bag full of stuff, they'll go through it in five minutes and be bored and drop everything on the floor. And there you are crawling under the seats again. <laughs> um, and then get to know your seat mates or the people in front of you or behind you and be friendly and open about your kids' needs. Um, you'll, yeah, you know, they sometimes I have traveled with a baby and they kind of roll their eyes and. Cross their fingers that you're not sitting down next to them and you do. And then (laughs) it can be a little tricky of a situation traveling with kids. But let them know you'll do your best to keep them happy. And they're going to have to maybe apply a little more patience than they would if a business professional was sitting next to them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of nasty attitudes too, when I get on a plane with a little kid, but, um, I think being open and kind about it goes a long way just to say, Hey, I'm doing the best I can. I'm so sorry that I had to bring my baby along. I hope he behaves, but if he doesn't, I'd appreciate your patience. Thanks so much. And a big smile can go a long yeah. way in keeping people happy around you. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it also makes like you a real person and them a real person. Instead right. of just They're, you know, they're less likely there. to be nasty to you. Yeah, exactly. Right. One of the last times when my husband and I were traveling, just us and the baby, um, we couldn't get seats together. And, um, so we got on the plane and, You know, right away, people see that you're not together, and they're like jumping. Oh, here, sit next to. Here, you can have my seat. I'll go sit back there. I don't know if they wanted us to be together. They didn't want to be by the baby, but whatever. (laughs) Either either way, it works. Uh, So then, again, like in the car, have a big kid be the younger kid's buddy for entertainment and for comforting, both on the plane, but also through the airport. Um, You know, on the plane, they're going to have to be confined most of the time, and definitely at takeoff and landing. So they might need to be sitting next to a big kid for uh, comfort. And then the last tip, uh, tips we have is for clearing the kid's ears. you got to think about this ahead of time. Um, kids don't know that. I mean, they've never, if they've never been up in a plane before, they haven't experienced the pressurizing of the ear canal. And so they might need help. Um, a baby should nurse on takeoff and landing. That'll pressurize their ears if you're nursing your baby, of course. And, um, uh, young, toddlers, you get them to um, either drink water, take a drink of water, that'll clear their ears, or chew gum. That's another one that'll help clear ears. Do you guys have any more tips?
1: We usually do the gum thing because everybody's always excited to chew gum. So any any chance they can get, here you go, kid. Or even a even a yeah. sucker or a lollipop or something, they'll be swallowing their saliva with it and that helps too. Yeah. Okay, so that moves us on to um, managing the expectations of traveling. And Like we mentioned before, you basically just have to lower your expectations and expect things to be tough. <laughs> um, you also have to realize that whatever issues kids deal with at home, they're going to deal with the same issues on vacation. It's not like you go on vacation, there's this magic wand and everybody's going to behave, right? If anything, it's mm, going to be unfortunately, harder. Unfortunately, no. Yeah. If anything, it's going to be harder because they're out of their their normal routine and out of their their familiar environment. So for example, if two kids don't sleep well together at home, you know, they're naughty and never go to sleep. They're not going to do that well on vacation. You know, you're going to have to separate them on vacation if possible too. Sometimes that's not totally possible, obviously, if you have a small hotel room or something. But try your best to make things as similar to home as possible. I like to also make sure that we're doing enough downtime or quiet time. Um, Obviously, babies need naps. They don't usually get them as much on vacation. But if you can plan for some quiet time each day, while you're rushing around to all the activities and family reunions and amusement parks, that can go a long way in helping kids to survive the whole day. Um, also make sure that you're bringing special loveys or blankets or toys that kids usually need at home, especially for bedtime. I wrote a post about um, getting kids to sleep on vacation too, and, and that's just really important that you have those usual things that keep them feeling safe and secure. White noise is another good tool for that, um, or anything else that keeps kids comfortable, a little portable fan, for example and just be aware up front that there's going to be some awesome, really great, exciting moments while you travel with your kids and also some really terrible ones. There's going to be moments where you're thinking, (laughs) this is the worst idea I've ever had. And then you'll wake up (laughs) in the morning refreshed again and go, this is so great. We should do this more often. So just, just don't let the bad ones, um, affect your emotions. Try to, try to be the emotional adult in the family, you know, and kids will remember a great time, which, uh, reminds me of a quick little follow-up about that story I shared earlier when my parents got sick on the boat ride. We yeah. apparently that one naughty episode wasn't the only thing we did wrong on that trip. Apparently there were some other stuff too. But my mom said that <laughs> she purposely focused on being very emotionally neutral on that trip. So when we were doing naughty things, she just was like, oh that's too bad. You're going to lose this privilege. And we all had great memories of the trip. She's like, you don't remember that okay. you lost this privilege and that no, I don't. She just said she really believed it was because she stayed calm,
0: (laughs) even though we were being hellions. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Stay positive. Yeah. Okay. Now we have some special travel tips for large families. Um, Something we like to do when we travel is we use a system of partners. And so before we leave on the trip, we say, okay, um, number one and number five, you're going to be partners this whole trip. And anytime number five, you need something, you're going to go to number one and number one, when it's bedtime, you're going to go help number five, get through her you know, pajamas on and brush her teeth and whatever. And then, you know, we have enough older kids and younger kids that this system works really good for us, a system of partners for the whole trip. And it also helps me. I'm kind of a counter when I'm out. So I'm especially when I'm out and away from home. So it's easier to count pairs. Yeah. I mean, you have fewer numbers yeah. to count. Yeah. <laughs> Counting to nine is so hard. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, counting pairs is great. And mm. and the other thing I would suggest along those lines, especially if you have smaller children and maybe not quite so many that can be responsible for another kid, is to divide the kids up and give you and your spouse specific kids to be in charge of. So we did that when we went to Disneyland. Okay. We had me, my husband, and our um, – 19-year-old sitter was with us. So each of us was in charge of two or three kids. So that way I didn't have to constantly count nine – or I guess it was eight at the time. Eight over and over and over. I just counted three and my husband counted three and my sitter counted two. So as long as we were all there, <laughs> all the adults were there and accounted counted for their kids and it made things a little bit easier.
0: Yeah. Yep. And then I think I got this next tip from actually you guys' trip to Disneyland. Didn't you make your kids like all matching shirts or something?
1: Yeah, we did buy – I think we just bought uh, all – the same color disney shirts at target or walmart or something yeah. and that was really nice to be yeah. able to see them from a distance hats are good that way too because you see them, yeah in a
0: crowd yeah so if everybody's got the same you know bright neon yellow shirt on in a crowd um they're easier to pick out your kids you know right? it just helps me with mommy anxiety being able to count my kids right right <laughs> Oh, and then... Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll also share that when it
1: comes to crowds, so airports, amusement parks, zoos, et cetera, I love to have some sort of identifying marker on my younger kids, the ones that like to wander or not pay, pay attention to where the family's going. So a simple, super ghetto way to do this is just to Sharpie your phone number on your kid's arm. So we've done that a couple oh, nice. of times because then if they get lost, I say, you get lost, you go to a mom with kids and tell her you need to call your mom. Uh, So they go (laughs) find a mom with kids and then I'll get a phone call. Um, Another option is, you know, like sometimes we've made medical ID bracelets with my name and number on them and giving it to them. Just something that they can, you know, if a stranger finds them, even even older kids, even a seven or eight year old that normally knows your phone number can get really
0: panicked in a situation like that and not be able to recall it. And then like you were mentioning earlier, everybody goes to the bathroom at every stop. Doesn't matter if you don't have to go, you sit and you try. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) And then um, just a heads up: if you have a large family um, and you're you have a night on the road in between wherever you're going, um, just be aware that you probably are not going to be able to get all your kids in one hotel room. So, unless you like try to sneak all of them in, <laughs> I will neither which we <laughs> I will neither done.
1: confirm nor deny whether we have done that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, well, it is hard. You know, you've got a bunch of little kids and they're like, oh, four people per room. And you're like, okay, so the two-year-old sleeps by herself in the next room. right?" Uh-huh. Okay, sure. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Sometimes you can get lucky enough to get those adjoining rooms, you know, where they'll have a, a door in between. Um, but if not, yeah, you're going to have either a big kid or a or another adult to stay in another room with the littles because that's tricky.
0: Yeah. The last hotel we stayed in didn't have any rooms with those adjoining, adjoining doors. That was upsetting yeah that's frustrating
1: (laughs) so you have to stay halfway across the hotel from your family
0: (laughs) oh well we had rooms next to each other there was just no door in between so we had to go out in the hallway around to each other's rooms which was like you know we had to then go over okay you don't open the door unless you first look through the peephole. right Um,
1: then you got kids running in and out in the hall and you're like oh please don't get lost or let a stranger in Yeah.
0: yeah oh do you have any other special travel tips for large families
1: I I would just end this section with um, also more expectation lowering. You know, there's just a lot of things that you can't do with a large family as feasibly as with a small one, but there are still lots of fun things that you can do. So try not to do um, things that are going to require, well, I'll just say this. Um, In a large family, it usually means that the oldest and the youngest are pretty far apart in age. So there's not a ton of things that a 17-year-old will love as much as a one-year-old, right? So try to find activities you can do on vacation that everyone will enjoy. A boat ride or a trip walking around the zoo or um, going to a splash pad at your local park, something like that. Unlike, you know, maybe an amusement park where one kid wants to go ride this crazy thrill ride roller coaster and all your babies just need a nap, you know? So it it just gets tricky trying to keep everybody happy that way.
0: Yeah, and that's a good segue into our recommendations for this week because um, I, two of my recommendations are for audiobooks when you travel in a vehicle together that everybody can listen to from the 2-year-old up to the you know, 17, 18-year-old. They they kind of catch everybody's attention. And we've had success with um audiobooks by charles dickens they're a little advanced for the two-year-old but not so advanced that you can't pause it and explain to them if they're interested in what's going on and like the five-year-old the seven-year-old ten-year-old oh they just love them eat them up and it's still interesting to adults you know you're not listening to barney songs for hours yeah you know
1: (laughs) the one that the one that we have in our car that we all love is um the narnia chronicles um, oh, we yeah, we have those definitely. on D- on CD because I like to listen to my phone when the kids are listening to something. So I don't like to plug my phone in because then my phone's not available for me. Yeah. But um, we I don't know why we haven't done Harry Potter audiobooks yet because all my kids love Harry Potter. So that's a great yeah. idea.
0: Yeah, that's my second recommendation is Harry Potter audiobooks. Um, and my kids. For of all ages, love to listen to those. Yeah, they're. Super fun. It does get a little intense for the young ones sometimes, but the older ones, you know, we. All it takes is saying, "Okay, we can turn it off if this is too scary," and then, "Oh no, no, no!" The older ones will help the younger ones cope. Remember, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. just a story. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and the nice thing about audiobooks,
1: I was going to mention, is that's a great way to take downtime from screens. So if you've got iPads or a TV going in the car, and you're just don't want your kids to do it for eight hours. You know, you say, okay, we're going to watch a movie and yeah. we're going to turn it off and we're going to listen to this audiobook. You can sleep if you want. You can listen. You can look out the window.
0: Yes. And my last recommendation is for younger kids. My kids love iced spy books. And when they're confined to a seatbelt or car seat and they can't get out and move around it, they can take one of those books and look for a long time at one page and then turn the page and look for a long time at that page too.
1: The one physical recommendation I'll give is um, magnet toys. So I'll put a link to this in the show notes. But um, sometimes you can find like little cases with little magnet dolls or little magnet robots. And and it's a really easy self-contained toy that kids will hopefully not drop all over the place because they're magnetic and they stick together. The other
0: yes. The other
1: two things I want to recommend are two posts that I've written, and I'll link to those as well. One is how to survive a family vacation, so some of our favorite tips there, and the other one is how to entertain a toddler on a plane. One time I was flying with Finn when he was a baby, and well, I guess one, and I came up with all these <laughs> random little games that I could play with a cup and a pen and <laughs> a couple of things that I had in my purse, and <laughs> they worked so well. He was so entertained, so I'll link to those in the show notes. Very cool. Yeah, so that's all we have for you guys. I hope this gives you the courage to go vacation with your kids and uh, to survive and keep yourself calm even when things go horribly wrong because they probably will. But you will have a good time anyway and make some great memories.
0: Yeah, and we thought this episode would be really timely right now at the beginning of June when everybody's getting ready to go on summer vacations with their kids. Yeah, so good luck out there. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd be so grateful if you'd leave us a written review on iTunes.
1: If you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can reach us at outnumberthepodcast at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at outnumberthepodcast.
0: See you next week.